Hello and welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. And today I'm going to talk to a friend of mine who recently sent me a text called The Parable of the Tree. And uh, synchronistically, that was uh, something I was working on because this week is the minor Jewish holiday of Tubishvat, uh, which celebrates the new year for the trees. This is when the trees are starting to get the message to grow again. And uh, amazingly, um, yeah, Royce and I are, are, are synced up somehow. So welcome uh, to Train of Thought, uh, Royce Jones. Yes, thank you, Rob. It's good to be here. It's good to be talking with you. Same to you. Um, I'm just going to uh, give people a little bit of background who you are, right. uh, that you uh, have worked as a philosophy uh, professor and that you are get, have been a guitar player and a songwriter. And I just wanted to ask you if there, uh, briefly, is there something else we should know about you? Uh, I'm a Kentucky colonel. Born in Kentucky? No, 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 no. I taught at Union College in, in Kentucky. That was my first full-time teaching position and was awarded. I became a Kentucky colonel there. I see. It's the same Kentucky colonel that Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken is. <laughs> so I can call you Colonel, colonel Jones if I want to. You can call me Dr. Jones. You can call me <laughs> Colonel Jones. You can call me Royce. All right. Well, we met here in Eugene. I know you were in, you lived in Eugene for a while and you recorded a bit in my studio. Yes. Yes. And I wish I were able to get into Doctor Who's time machine and get out there and do some more recording in your studio. Those are good recordings. Were you uh, teaching philosophy here in Eugene? No, I was teaching uh, philosophy at Oregon State University in Corvallis. I see. I was, I was also teaching um, philosophy online for the University of Illinois in Springfield. I helped to write the online philosophy major for the University of Illinois in Springfield. Well, uh, let's get right to uh, what, you know, the, the recent inspiration that you gave me, because um, you've given me other texts or songs and that I've uh, actually gotten into writing, or I recorded a version of of one of your songs uh, called Why Don't We Bring the Troops Home, Uncle Sam. Bring our troops home, Uncle Sam, right. Um, yeah. That was quite a few years ago. I think I looked it up, that was 07 that I recorded that. So sometime before that, you uh, you came in and probably did your version or, or I learned of it around then. I did my version and just as soon as I'd finished uh, singing it, you said, I want to record that. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a classic sort of anti-war song. So apparently you've been going through some of your papers and discovered something that you wrote in 1970. Yes, that parable of the tree was written in 1970 uh, when my wife uh, Becca and I moved from Eugene. We had to store a lot of items in a pod. And that was one of the items that was stored in pod. Without pods telling me, they moved the pod from near where I lived to a place uh, down in Connecticut. And so I, have, I had to make three trips down to Connecticut to clean out that pod. 
But that's where I found the parable of the tree, which I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, and you say you wrote it in 1970. Do you um, know anything? It, it, it's, well, actually, tell people what a parable is. I mean, and maybe a little bit about what you remember about writing it. I have no idea, Rob, what inspired that parable. Uh, but I have spent a few hours attempting to think of an answer to that question because I was sure you, you were going to ask me for it. Um, I was re reminded of the time I lived in Texas. I graduated from high school in Garland, Texas. And in those days, I, I mowed the family's grass with one of those unmotorized push lawnmowers. Yeah. Now, my father had planted a tree between the sidewalk and the street. And one day I went to my father and said, Dad, you planted that tree five years ago. And I know it has green leaves every season, but it has not grown one inch. He said, Royce, it's putting down its roots. It'll, it'll, it'll do it. And so I said, all right, if that's what you think. And about a week later, I was mowing the lawn again. And quite by accident, I hit that tree with that little push lawnmower. And the whole tree toppled over. And the roots to that tree were not more than four inches long. Oh, wow. Nothing was happening. In that yeah. tree. And, and so I thought especially in Texas where it would be so dry that sometimes the ground would crack open so wide you could stick your foot down in the crack. If you have something like a tree, you're going to have to do something to take care of it. Yeah. That, that's one of the thoughts that came back to me when I was thinking about having written that particular parable of the tree. Um, I liked it because it... Well, for one thing, a parable, as far as I know it, is kind of a, a short story with with a with a, a spiritual message or, or a teaching of some sort. That's a good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. But, so uh, I heard this one that you or I read what you wrote, and I thought, yeah, that would might might be able to put some music to that, or you know, do it in a in kind of a talk sing way that I like to do sometimes, um, and. Uh, you know, I was reminded, uh, I looked through some of the emails that you sent me over over time, and um, one of them said, oh, I live right near the Guthrie Center. And I looked up the Guthrie Center, and I was like, oh, that's so that's where Arlo Guthrie wrote uh, about his uh, Alice's Restaurant, which may have been one of the first uh, musical piece talk, you know, uh, spoken word kind of songs that I ever heard. This song's called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. But Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant. That's just the name of the song. And that's why I call the song Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant 
Walk right in, it's around the back Just a half a mile from the railroad track And you can get anything you want At Alice's Restaurant Now it all started two Thanksgivings ago It was on two years ago on Thanksgiving When my friend and I went up to visit Alice at the restaurant But Alice doesn't live in the restaurant She lives in the church nearby the restaurant In the bell tower with her husband Ray and Fotch as a dog And living in the bell tower like that They got a lot of room downstairs where the pews used to be And having all that room, seeing as how they took out all the pews They decided that they didn't have to take out their garbage for a long time We got up there, we found all the garbage in there And we decided it'd be a friendly gesture for us to take the garbage down to the city dump so we took the half a ton of garbage, put it in the back of a red VW microbus, took shovels and rakes and implements of destruction, and headed on toward the city dump. Anyway, the spoken word of that, uh, you know, it's a long and winding piece. I think it's 18 or 19 minutes. Uh, but um, anyway, I always kind of like that uh, telling a story uh, with a musical. That, that one had a little chorus. I didn't really write a chorus for your tune, but I didn't think it needed it. I thought it was just a good way to... Um, Tell the story. Just as a side point, Arlo's been having a little trouble. Uh -huh. they're, they're still carrying on the work at the Guthrie Center. They offer uh, free free meals on Thursdays to people who want to stop by, and they also offer um, uh, food takeouts for people who need that sort of assistance. That's so, awesome. Yeah, they're doing good work. Yeah. Um, so in this story about the tree, um, basically I'll, I'll give the gist of it. I and mean, then before I play it, you know, there was a tiny seed and, and this man was going to uh, plant it in an area. And then some strangers came by and said, no, nah, that it'll never grow there. But other people have tried to, to grow, to grow something there and it's just never worked. Um, and he was determined, uh, and, uh, cared for it. So in a lot of ways, it is about caring and tending for something, even against, uh, you know, when other people say, nah, it won't work. If you have a passion and a feeling about something, um, then that's, that's really, uh, well, I don't know what you'd say that that's the core of what, what, what makes things, um, you know, come alive really as we imbue life into things with our passion and our, and our caring. One of the things that interests me about the parable is that uh, as you work on a project or as you work to help someone else or some other thing, you also help yourself. Some people go to a gymnasium and I have nothing bad to say about going to gymnasiums. Some people go to lift weights, they do all sorts of exercises, and that's good. But if you do what that man did working on, on the tree, you're also exercising yourself and helping yourself, but also you're helping something else at the same time. In this case, of course, it's the tree. Yeah, but uh, what I like about it is uh, the teaching of it, and the teaching of it really that tree, the tree could stand for a lot of things you know it could be about a relationship it could be uh, you know about our country or about our communities or you know anything that 
that uh, is worth something, it needs tending. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. There once was a man who took the seed from a tiny tree and he planted it in the ground A stranger came by and saw him working He said that tree will never grow The soil here is just too Strong. Another man came by and he said, Other trees have been planted here, but they've all died. All died. But I'll water this tree, the man replied, while it's young and tender, and I'll cover it. Protected from the cold. And so the strangers went away. The years passed. And slowly, the roots took. tree grew quickly then one bitter night cold descended on the land and the winds blew in spite of all the man's efforts the little tree was damaged and the man wept for fear the tree would not survive but on and on he labored with great effort supporting that tree not knowing if it would be enough Another winter passed, one day, man noticed new strength in that tree. And there were signs, it was about to bloom. And bloom it did, its leaves sprouted, hanging gracefully from its limbs, it stood firm. Grateful joy, man sat down under the tree and listened to the music, the music of the wind 
blowing through its branches And he marveled at the protection the tree gave him from the heat of the sun How glad I am I found that seed and planted it Tended to it. At that moment, one of the strangers who'd scoffed at the man's endeavors happened by and he said, I remember when this tree was planted. You know, I never thought it would survive. Said if the man that planted that tree were here today, I'd tell him how wrong I was. I am that man, said the man who planted the tree. And as he rose from the tree and approached the stranger, you, the stranger said, looking him up and down, Nothing like that man who planted the tree. Your body is thick and strong, and your skin is tanned and tough from the wind and the sun. The way you walk with such confidence and grace. Yes, said the man who planted the tree All the time I've been tending the tree The tree's been tending to me The tree has been tending And here, this is the time of the, the tree this week. Actually, Wednesday is this holiday of Tuba Shvat. Um, so we're honoring trees. and, and, and um, It's a two-day event. Right, right. All right. Okay. I'm making it three because on this Friday, I'm going to do this Shabbat, which is really a couple of days after the holiday. But um, we're going to do it on Friday night, uh, do a little concert where I'll sing that song and a few other tree-related things. Um, but, uh, but maybe give more of a, a feeling about um, what the symbol meant for you, what that story meant for you, and uh, the context of how it... I, I know you say you don't remember actually writing it, and you gave that story, but what were you doing in 1970? Were you a, a, were a professor already? Do you, uh, yes, I, I was uh, a full professor at, at Union College in Barberville, Kentucky, which is the place where I got the K Kentucky Colonel Award. I see. Let's so that, go into that. You don't. But do that's it. probably where you wrote it. Uh, yeah. Yes. So in this story, there are these strangers who are the ones that are telling him, for one thing, telling this guy that he can't grow this thing uh, do you have a feeling about these strangers it's like there's always the other the ones that are saying your dreams and your passions they don't mean it you know they're you're 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 barking up the wrong 
<laughs> something. The, the attitude of the of the man who, who first walks by and talks is, you, is you're wasting your time. Why do that? That tree is never got is never going to make it. Yeah. One, one thing I like about the attitude of the young man in the parable is that he doesn't listen to that man. He goes ahead with his work. He plants the tree, and then he does what is needed to make certain that the tree makes it. And the tree does make it. And in the and in the process, we we may I may be beginning to repeat myself now, but in the process of helping the tree grow, the man who helps the tree also helps himself. He makes himself a stronger person than he was before. Which uh, brings me to songwriting a little bit because uh, I I feel like songwriting is like that sometimes. People sometimes go, well, yeah, what do you? You know, what do you think you're going to be a, a star with your songs or whatever? You know, why write a song? You know, uh, and uh, I I have found that in a lot of ways it is self therapy in a way. It's sort of like it has to come out, you know, or I, I have to follow through with this thought. And and um, there's something about the process that that makes me stronger. I think. Yes, I I, th I think so too. And uh, if you're a songwriter, that's because you have a talent of some sort, and you and you should you should follow the line of your talent. Um, an another interesting thing about songwriting for me is there um, there was a song I wrote some years ago, uh, which is entitled "Business in New Orleans." I, I don't think I never sang it for you, but I remembered all these years and. I find myself singing that song over and over again and uh, coming up with different verses and ideas for it. I found the original copy of that song on one of my trips to the pod. Oh, wow. it, it had two or three verses in it that I had no idea I'd ever written. They were a lot better than what I was putting down in the present. <laughs> so I'm going back to the original <laughs> I think it's really valuable to go back. I, I've gone back to songs I wrote years ago and, and reworked them uh, and they have new life. And, you know, I might, <clears throat> I might put them in a new key now or, or play them in a slightly different way. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we grow in our life and, and uh, come to material in a different way. Yeah. And your students, that, that was the one other topic uh, you brought up about that you had a student who was killed in Iraq. And so you were actually uh, inspired to write a few anti-war songs. Yes, yes. I, I was irritated by what was happening during those days. And that was the reason I, I wrote that song, which you recorded, Why Won't You Bring Our Troops Home, Uncle Sam. But this, the, um, the song I wrote about my student who was killed in Iraq is uh, is is called um, the the war is over for my darling Joe. Mm. Yeah. I lost my friend to Uncle Sam. He went most willingly. Across the sea to fight. 
for liberty How many more like him must die In some foreign land Why won't you bring the troops home, Uncle Sam? Why won't you bring them back To the lives that they enjoy In the days before they went to war You know we love old glory, but we don't understand Why won't you bring our troops home, Uncle Sam? Our loved ones are dying now, each and every day And the folks over there say, we are in the way and if it weren't for us, they'd be better off. There could be peace in that land far away. Well, I appreciate you uh, spending a little time. Is there a- anything we've missed uh, about about you or your songwriting or about the tree parable? I uh, don't think so. All I can say is uh, thank you very much for this and keep up your, your songwriting. Thank you. You never know when inspiration is going to hit, but you uh, you hit me at the right time with that story. And, and uh, yeah, I look forward to sharing it with people. Good. All right. Keep me up to date on it. And I'm proud to have it shared. Thank you, Royce. My guest has been Royce Jones, the writer of the parable of the tree parable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know why the, the word parable came to me. So parable is a story told that will will have multiple meanings that you can get from it. You, you can always learn a lesson. Well, um, trees teach us a lot. And uh, this story uh, has a nice message, I think. not It's not lost on me that, that you know, that this country is going through this democracy crisis and to me it uh it relates to this story in that you know democracy doesn't just happen you know there and there needs to be some tending to and uh people have to recognize they have to participate yes we have a constitution but we have to work to keep the constitution in place yeah and we have to, we have to work to ensure that we have good sound leadership and that if people violate their oath that they've promised to the Constitution, maybe there needs to be some consequence. Yes, <laughs> we're in agreement on that. <laughs> My guest has been Royce Jones, and you've been listening to Train of Thought. Train of Thought can be heard on KEPW 97.3 in Eugene, it's also posted on soundcloud.com slash Rob Tobias. For comments and suggestions, email rob at robtobias.com. Mm-hmm.